Good morning, Mosaic. Happy Easter to all of you. We're so glad that uh, you've been able to join us this morning. Um, everyone is uh, welcome to come grab a seat. Would you stand with us as we worship this morning? I'm sure like a lot of you, we, we got the Mosaic email and about Good Friday and and the good news that that is, and, and yet we also have to sit with that, death on the cross, um, the Lord taking on our sins for us. And the, beauty, the beauty of it all is that this morning we get to come together and we get to celebrate a risen king. That death was not final, but the Lord was able to conquer death and rise again. So would you celebrate that with us this morning as we sing? You're the resurrection. And you're the resurrection that we've waited for. You buried the night, you came with the morning. You're the king of heaven, the praise is yours. The longer the quiet, out of the chorus, so oh, 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 we will sing as we will sing a new song. Death is dead and gone with the winner. We will sing a new song. The hallelujahs flow like a river. Toward the light, your love is like springtime. You're the living water. You're the living water. God, we thirst for you. The dry and the barren, the flower and bloom. You're the sun that's shining. You restore my soul. The deeper you call us, oh, the deeper we'll go. We will sing a new song. This death is dead and gone with the winter. We will sing a new song. The hallelujahs flow like a river. We're coming back to life, reaching toward the light. Your love is like springtime. Let's sing, come tend the soil. And come tend the soil. And come tend the soil of my soul. And like a garden. And like a garden, I will grow. Oh, I will grow. Sing that again. Come to the soil. Come to the soil. 
contain the soil of my soul like a garden like a garden I will grow I will grow as we will sing a new song death is dead and gone with the Sing a new song. The hallelujahs flow like a river. We're coming back to life, reaching toward the light. Your love is like springtime, like springtime. morning, Mosaic. You may be seated. Happy, happy Easter. It is so wonderful to see all of you, and happy Easter to all of you who are tuning in at home. What a beautiful day. Gone with the winter, the spring is here, and what a beautiful, tangible sign of God's goodness and God's love for us today, that we can receive this good news on such a beautiful spring day. And we know that people everywhere, everyone in this room, everyone listening at home is receiving this good news in a different place, whether emotionally, physically, it's been a really long year and we're all approaching this good news with a different viewpoint. And what's great about that is that God meets us exactly where we're at, whatever we're feeling, however we're experiencing this good news, God is with us and he loves us just as we are. When the Sabbath was over, Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James, and Salome brought spices so that they could go to anoint Jesus' body. Very early on the first day of the week, just after sunrise, they were on their way to the tomb and they asked each other, who will roll the stone away from the entrance of the tomb? But when they looked up, they saw that the stone, which was very large, had been rolled away. As they entered the tomb, they saw a young man dressed in a white robe sitting on the right side, and they were alarmed. Don't be alarmed, he said. You are looking for Jesus of Nazarene, who was crucified. He has risen. He is not here. See the place where they laid him. But go, tell his disciples and Peter, he is going ahead of you into Galilee. There you will see him, just as he told you. What's great about this passage is Peter is specifically named. Peter, who had just betrayed Jesus and probably was not feeling too great about that, feeling like a failure, feeling like he couldn't live up to what God had expected him to. But he is called right as he is to go and spread the news. God loved him so deeply and he wanted him to be part of this new resurrection story that was going to change the world. Then Peter began to speak. I now realize how true it is that God does not show favoritism, but accepts from every nation the one who fears him and does what is right. You know the message God sent to the people of Israel, announcing the good news of peace through Jesus Christ, who is Lord of all. You know what has happened throughout the providence of Judea, beginning in Galilee after the baptism that John preached. 
how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and power, and how he went doing good and healing all who were under the power of the devil because God was with him. We are witnesses of everything he did in the country of the Jews and in Jerusalem. They killed him by hanging him on a cross, but God raised him from the dead on the third day and caused him to be seen. He was not seen by all the people, but by witnesses whom God had already chosen, by us who ate and drank with him after he rose from the dead. He commanded us to preach to the people and to testify that he is the one whom God anointed as judge of the living and the dead. All the prophets prophets testify about him, that everyone who believes in him receives forgiveness of sins through his name. Gratitude to you for your goodness, for your kindness pierces time through. Let those who struggle speak this, for your kindness pierces time through. In my despair, I called on you, and you answered me like the sky. You are for me. I cannot fear, for what can a man do to me? You are for me. Embrace me. You are my strength and my song, my rescue, the voice of rejoicing and comfort rings through the tents of the upright, and your right hand upholds it exalts it and upholds. I will not die. I will live to speak of what you do. You have laid me low for my errors, but never given me up. Open for me the gates of uprightness. I will enter them and give thanks. This is the gate that belongs to you, the gate the upright enter. I give thanks to you, for you have answered me. Become my rescue. The stone that the builders rejected is now become the cornerstone because of you, and it is miraculous to our eyes. This is the day you have made. In it we will be glad and rejoice. And we pray, send us happiness. Blessed is the one who comes in your name, whom we bless out of your house. You are our sovereign, our light. The festival offering with cord, bring it to the horns of the altar. For you are my sovereign, and I give thanks to you. You I exalt and praise. Accept my gratitude throughout your goodness, for your kindness pierces time through. 
Would you stand and sing with us again? Yes, he is coming. My God's on his way. 
God's on his way. Yes, he is coming. It's my God's on his way. Yes, he is coming. This next song. Speaks to the freedom that's found with the resurrection of Jesus. Did you see hope falling down? Hope falling down like rain, love that I can't explain, peace that stills my soul. In the darkest place in life, even in the pain, it feels like coming home. Where the Spirit is, where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. I am free, amen. Where the Spirit of the
sing where the spirit of the Lord is. It's where the spirit of the Lord is. There is freedom. I am free. Amen. Where the spirit of the Lord is. There is freedom. I am free. Thank you for this time of worship, a time to celebrate you and what you've done. Would you make us aware of your presence? Make us aware of what's going on around us, just the newness that you offer and provide. Would be aware to how you're astir within our hearts and our minds. We thank you so much for not only your death on the cross for us, but for conquering death. God, we are so grateful this morning. I pray this in Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, Mosaic. You may be seated. Well, good morning, Mosaic. It is good to see you. Happy Easter. Christ is risen. Thank you. It is great to hear. I'm glad people still remember that. Um, it's good to be together. Remember last year, we collected a bunch of videos from our homes, and we all wished each other a happy Easter via video, and that was special. Um, but this is beautiful. And if you haven't noticed, our goal this morning as we were planning this time together, it, uh, it wasn't to pump you full of resurrection adrenaline. You don't need that. Um, our hope this morning is that you would be met with a resurrection peace. And that resurrection peace would go down to the deep waters of your soul. And wherever you're troubled, wherever you are just feeling torn, where you are just feeling that you're at the end of yourself, our hope is that resurrection peace would just meet you there and begin to do its good work, however long that takes. Maybe it'll be just a, an immediate sense of relief that you feel this morning, but maybe it's something that's a long haul ahead of you. Uh, that's the journey before us. I want us to know that as we celebrate this resurrection together, that we're celebrating more than just a dead man coming back to life. We're celebrating more than just a dead man coming back to life. We're celebrating God's new world that Jesus has brought to us in the midst of this world of death in injustice, in despair, in oppression, in all that is evil. God's new world has come to us through the resurrection of Jesus. It's a beautiful thing. As we look back over these last few days, I hope that the more that you go through these seasons of Good Friday, Holy Saturday, Easter Sunday, the more that these carry such 
beauty for you. These days are a gift to us. It's something that we receive. And I mean, we're talking about, we're talking about a God dying on a cross. We're talking about a God entering into death and darkness. We're talking about a God who took on human form, coming back to life, bringing a new world to us. These are things our modern world just doesn't understand, Mosaic. These are things that by living in this world of of progress and having everything at our fingertips and being able to control so much, this story goes beyond what we can control. It goes well beyond what we can understand. This is a story that we receive as a gift to us, and it is a whole different world that God brings to us. So as we look back at Good Friday and we see this this crucified God, this God who took on human flesh, who he's not the one displaying any violence on Good Friday, but he's the one who's receiving it all into himself, that every evil and injustice and oppression that the world can throw at him, he takes it onto himself and the sin of the world is there with him. And his words are simply, Father, forgive them. They know not what they do. There's such beauty in that, and I hope that you know that beauty is for you. We go through a day like yesterday, Holy Saturday, and whoo, what a beautiful day it was, right? I said, how many many days in Nebraska is it 75 and sunny and the wind is not blowing obnoxiously, right? Maybe a few, and yesterday was one of them. I hope you got to enjoy it. But in the midst of yesterday, I hope that Holy Saturday is a reminder to you that there's silence. Things went dark. God, where are you? What are you doing? We didn't see things coming to this. Maybe this isn't even real. And the questions and the doubts arise. And I'm sure all of us, you guys, we've gone through this last year and we've seen too much. We've seen too much from the world around us. We've seen too much even in our own souls. We've seen too much from people around us that we love them and we thought they loved us. And we're like, what do we do with all of this? And there's so much darkness and despair. And God, what are you doing? Things seem quiet. It's there while it was still dark. While it was still dark, they go to the tomb. And life is bursting forth. God's new world arrives. And I've said this before, man. If I were God and I was going to do this resurrection bit, get a press release going. Get the cameras out. I'm going right back there to Crucifixion Hill and I'm letting it be known what I'm doing. I'm putting it all over social media. I'm going to let everyone know. This resurrection event is really just kind of this hidden event to those that Jesus said, I love these people. I'm going to reveal the beauty of this resurrection to them. And have you ever been in a room where like, you know, it's really dark, you know, you're watching a movie, the lights are down low, you're enjoying the moment, you know, and it's dark. And what happens when somebody comes in and they turn on the bright lights? It's like shock. And I think God knows that about even how this whole resurrection took place. Because when you're in the midst of the darkness of Holy Saturday, when you're wrestling with those doubts, those questions that linger, God knows you don't need him to walk in the room and flip the light switch on bright. 
It's not what the resurrection is about, but the resurrection meets you in a quiet way. Meets you in a way where, man, the lights are just gently turned on. God's saying, let me show you something about the world. Let me show you this new world that I am making possible for you. Mosaic, as you go throughout your Easter Sunday today, and I'll say it again, Monday morning, tomorrow morning, it's still Easter. God's new world is still here. Don't let this be just a one-day celebration. Let it be a season that you enter into where God is slowly turning on the light for you, bringing up the dimmer, showing you the path that you have to walk in this new world that he's brought to you and the way that you can share that in beautiful ways with the people around you. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses 20 to 26, the apostle Paul says, but Christ has indeed been raised from the dead, the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. For since death came through a man, the resurrection of the dead comes also through a man. For as in Adam all die, so in Christ all will be made alive, but, but each in turn. Christ, the first fruits. Then when he comes, those who belong to him. Then the end will come when he hands over the kingdom to God the Father after he has destroyed all dominion, authority, and power. For he must reign until he has put all his enemies under his feet. The last enemy to be destroyed is death. Christ the firstfruits. God bringing this new world to us. And so here we are really still, even as we have this new world that's come into us, all of us in some way are still experiencing day after day after day the reality of Good Friday and Holy Saturday, right? We continue to see injustice. We continue to see oppression. We continue to see sin at work in our lives and in the lives of those around us. We continue to experience Holy Saturday where things seem quiet. And God, even though you've brought this new world, like, my questions remain. What are you up to? What are you doing? Ronald Rollheiser says this, one of our weaknesses today is that we find it hard to live in the face of any anticipation, inconsummation, or unfulfilled tension without moving swiftly to resolve it. Longing and fasting are not our strong points. Can I get an amen, right? Can you feel that? Can you feel that? We don't do well living with unresolved tension. Mosaic, I want us just to sit with this for a moment this morning, this reality, because I believe the resurrection and Christ of the first fruits in this new world that God has brought to us wants to teach us about something living in this place of unfulfilled tension, in consummation. And certainly along the way, we have these moments where we, we experience fulfillment, right? We experience joy. So many of us will experience it maybe in 
ways today, right, where it's like, this is good, and thank God for those beautiful moments of life and resurrection that come along the way. Those are beautiful things. But what about those moments when that's not there? Easter, in so many ways, is not only a reminder of this new world that God has brought to us, but it's a reminder as we live with unfulfilled tension in our lives. How do we live in such a way that we don't have to move to quickly resolve this? And how do we faithfully follow Jesus, tending the new world that he's brought into our midst? How do we faithfully follow Jesus, tending the new world that he's brought into our midst? And remember, following Jesus is a journey to the cross. This is who God is. This is what God is like. And so as we worship this God, but as we follow this God, that's our path that we walk. Tish Harrison Warren, author, Anglican priest, writes this. The Christian story proclaims that our ultimate hope doesn't lie in our lifetime. In making life work for us on this side of the grave. Now, let me tell us something, Mosaic. That is not going to sell anything in today's world. That is not going to sell anything. And in our modern world of incredible progress, the things that we've been able to accomplish, the education that we have, the ways that we can travel anywhere when we want to, we believe that in some way we can experience fulfillment on this side of the grave, but the Christian story says, no, our ultimate hope, our ultimate experience of life doesn't lie in our lifetime. And some of us don't even realize how much that that reality sits with us and it drives us to all kinds of manic behavior. Because we so desperately want fulfillment now. Our world tells us over and over again that you deserve it and that you can have it. Mosaic, I want to set you free from that. I want resurrection peace to lead you away from that, that you wouldn't be enslaved to that, but that you would discover there is ultimate hope and freedom beyond that, and our ultimate hope does not lie on this side of the grave. Our church fathers and mothers have been telling us this for centuries. Have we been listening? 325 AD, Council of Nicaea, The Nicene Creed is written, and it ends with this statement. You'll see it on the screen. This is how the creed ends. And these church fathers, they gathered together, and church fathers and mothers have been helping us understand, this is how we think about what it means to be Christian. This is how we embody this with our lives in real ways. And the creed ends with these words, we look, we look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. So I ask each of us, Mosaic, as I've been asking myself this week, what are you looking for? What are you looking for? And are you truly willing and open to be looking for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come? 
because that's where our ultimate hope lies. That's where fulfillment is found. And as much as we experience beautiful things along the way now, ultimately this life experience is about unfulfilled tension. It's about anticipation. It's about engaging with suffering and chaos and disorder now, knowing ultimately that there is something coming that is so beautiful and we long for it and we anticipate it and we look for it. Easter is an invitation to know joy and become attentive to the life of the world to come that is already present here in our midst. So for a moment, can we talk about attentiveness and distraction? We become attentive and alive to the risen Christ. The new world, God's world that he's brought here into our midst. Do we become attentive to it? We say, that's what I'm looking for. I'm looking for that full arrival. I'm looking for the day when that is fully here. It's, it's this element of being here already, but not yet. That's what the Christian life is. It's a, a life already, but not yet. So what does it mean to be attentive to that which is here already, but not fully here yet? And being attentive to this is incredibly difficult when all of our creature comforts are being met. And again, this world tells us over and over again that you can have ultimate fulfillment here. You can have ultimate hope here. And so when all of our creature comforts are being met, why do we need to be attentive to know actually I'm looking for a world that's already here but not fully here yet. And instead of tending all of my creature comforts here, I want to tend this new world. I want to tend to this world of love and beauty and forgiveness and grace and patience and kindness and gentleness. That's the world I want to tend. I'm amazed at bird watchers. I remember 1998, my wife and I moved from Michigan to Princeton, New Jersey. And Princeton, beautiful Ivy League town. There's a lot of weird people in Princeton. Um, amazingly weird people, let me say it that way. I loved so many of the people that we met there. I remember meeting a few bird watchers. Um, in fact, I was a youth pastor at the time, and the senior pastor of the church where I was at, Westerly Road Church, Pastor Matt Rastusha, um, he was a bird watcher. And so he was my first real interaction with, like, one of these interesting human beings. And... Uh, Matt had this keen sense of being attentive to that which I couldn't be, especially if you took a walk outside. He would hear things. He would be on the lookout for things. Uh, his spidey senses were always at work as a bird watcher, you know? He, he was attentive, and I, I think about that, and I'm like, bird watchers have something to tell us about the way that they interact with the world around them because they're very attentive to the fact that they could be distracted by so many things, 
But no, what does it mean to live with a keen sense of attentiveness to, to this new world that God has brought into our midst and how I'm being called to tend it? The problem is, is if I try to become a bird watcher, I usually end up looking like this guy. Um, I have the tendency to miss the things that are right in front of me. But if admitting I have a problem is the first step to moving forward, I think that's a good place to start. I'm learning to be attentive, to have a higher sense of how is this current world looking to distract me and how do I become attentive to the new world that Jesus has brought into my midst. I'm a curious but struggling watcher of this new world. But Mosaic, Jesus is attentive. Jesus is attentive to struggling and curious ones. Jesus is incredibly attentive to struggling and curious ones. Again, if I were Jesus, I would have shown back up at those hill, at the hill where those crosses were. I would have went right back to Pilate's portico and been like, Pilate, you asked me what truth is. You want to know what truth is? Let me show you what truth is. You can't handle the truth. But Jesus doesn't go back to that place where he was spit upon. He doesn't go back to that place looking for revenge. He doesn't go back to the debate hall. Jesus rises from the dead and he starts to go and he's attentive to struggling and curious ones. In closing, John chapter 20. starting in verse 15. Lindsay, if I gave you John chapter 20, let's take that off the screen. I meant to say John chapter 21, confusing myself. Told you I struggle with being attentive. (laughs) John chapter 21 will be on the screen. You can listen to me. Starting in verse 15. Of all the stories in the Gospels, this is one that just, whoo, it touches my heart. Peter is struggling. He's struggling. He's still curious. And Jesus goes to make him breakfast on the beach. (laughs) That's, That's how Jesus comes back. Practices beautiful, quiet hospitality to those who are struggling and cooks some breakfast on the beach. Peter, who had disowned Jesus, who is experiencing still the questions, the darkness, the quiet of Holy Saturday, wondering what all this means. When they had finished eating that breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Yes, Lord, he said, you know that I love you. Jesus said, feed my lambs. I don't know exactly what Peter was thinking when Jesus said, feed my lambs, but I'm sure Peter had some sense of what he was being called to, to be attentive 
to how Jesus was calling him to tend this new world that was brought into Peter's midst. Again, Jesus said, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Because Jesus knows we're distracted. He answered, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Jesus said, take care of my sheep. The third time he said to him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was hurt because Jesus asked him the third time, do you love me? And he said, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. And Jesus said, feed my sheep. And then Jesus says, very truly, I tell you, when you were younger, you dressed yourself and you went where you wanted. You could just pay attention to every distraction that was out there. You went where you wanted. But when you are old, you will stretch out your hands and someone else will dress you and lead you where you do not want to go. And Jesus said this to indicate the kind of death by which Peter would glorify God. Then he said to him, follow me. So Jesus gives Peter this incredible call. Peter, follow me. This path is for you. And you would think Peter would be like looking in the eyes of Jesus. Yes, Jesus, I'll do that. But Peter turned, the gospel writer tells us, turned and saw the disciple who Jesus loved, which is John. It was a title that John was known by. Peter turned and saw that the disciple whom Jesus loved was following them. This was the one who had leaned back against Jesus at the supper and had said, Lord, who's going to betray you? And when Peter saw him, he asked, well, Lord, what, what about him? And how many times does that not happen in our lives, right? Yeah, 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 okay, I get a sense that I should be about this, but what about that? What about what they're doing? What about this person? but that's not fair, but they got to do that. Why can't I do that? I want that to be my story. Peter asked Jesus, Lord, what about him? And Jesus answered, if I want him to remain alive until I return, what is that to you? You must follow me. You must follow me. Mosaic, I'm not here to tell you what your journey of following Jesus looks like in this next season ahead of you. I'm simply here to open your heart and imagination that you would become attentive to what Jesus is calling you to. That you would become attentive to those who are walking beside you. And that together we as a church family would take that journey together. It's gonna look unique for each of us. But of course, we know the journey is marked by love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control, all of those things. I had asked uh, Carissa, an artist here in our Mosaic family, Carissa, would you paint something for us that we could each take home? One for our family. Um, one for each family. That would be a reminder to us that God's attentive gaze is always upon us. Even in the midst of a world of chaos and disorder and where there is always the opportunity to look over our shoulder and say, well, what about him? What about her? What about this? What about that? That we would know that Jesus, the risen Christ, is attentive to each of us. 
and that we would become attentive to his attentive gaze. And that in a world where none of us can, none of us can fix all of this. Yeah, that's, that's the beauty of the Christian story. It's something that we receive. Jesus comes, and Jesus is the one who brings an end to the, the oppression and the injustices and everything that we see. And yes, we tend to that work now, but ultimately we don't accomplish that on our own. All that we can do is the holy work of tending the soil that's right in front of us. And we learn to live with unfulfilled tension, inconsummation, longing at this patient, patient kingdom that is already here, but not fully yet. But we look, we look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Mosaic, we invite you to stand with us as we sing this last song. Open my eyes, open my eyes, I want to 
painting that Carissa made we have for all of you to take home with you one per family as well as some other little treats so make sure that you stop back at that connect table go in peace mosaic and be attentive to the ways that we can follow Jesus in each of our unique ways peace be with you